ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. It is Tuesday, October 25th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We are here until 6 o'clock. We'll take your text this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Today's the day. Charles Huff Presser earlier this afternoon. We've got the highlights. Getting set for Coastal Carolina, the opponent this week for the Thundering Herd. So we'll get into all of that with you. We'll get your text in. As I mentioned, we'll take your phone calls as well. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255 for text, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. So Coach Huff's presser coming up. Uh, If you watched a little bit of it today on ESPN+, Plus, for those of you who don't have ESPN+, Plus, it's there. Of course, we're still going to have the highlights for you. Texter wrote in earlier after watching and said, Huff was chippy at today's presser. Had some attitude. Cue the 620 mark. Wonder where that came from. Look forward to today's show. I appreciate that. It. Um, he was joking a little bit about a few things. I know that. Uh, there was one part of the presser that I, I just edited out because he was talking about how we as the media, how we – you know, we, we were experts. We're smart. Yeah, he's kind of ribbing us a little bit. I'm, I'm going to spare you that. The jokey joke didn't make my uh, my audio coats today. Uh, he was uh, talking about a lot of things in relation to this game coming up. But, yeah, he, he jokes around a lot in these pressers. So, you know, Chippy, we'll, we'll find out. We've got, his, we've got his comments coming up. So we'll find out how Chippy he really was. And, again, I edit some of this down. We could go all day. This entire show, we could just play the whole thing and try to try to to compress it all in and unpack it afterwards and and try to break it down. Now, I've got the highlights, but uh, the one thing I think everyone wants to know about right now is the status of Rasheen Ali. Is he coming back? When's he coming back? What's his status? You want the status update? Coach Huff, maybe a little chippy here. Coach Huff on the status of Rasheen Ali. Yeah, the update is he's still missing. Um, and that's the update <laughs> as of right now. Trust me, guys, if, if I knew, you would know. And, and when I know, the world will know. Because okay? I'll be excited. But he's doing his part. You know, our team is doing everything they can to make sure we, we, we're, we're supporting him, and he's been phenomenal. Um, you know, obviously we miss him um, from physical presence on the field, but um, he is still around us, still you know, pulling for his teammates. He's about as happy as he can be for LeBorn. You know, they were kind of like, you know, roll dogs, you know, all, all camp. So um, he's, he's as excited as he can be for LeBorn, which is good to see. You know, sometimes – it's tough for another person to have uh, show gratitude and excitement for someone else having success, but we, we, we haven't had that on this team. So that's the status of Rasheen Ali. We got more from Coach Huff's presser later on in the program and your text as well. Again, let me give that to you one more time. 
It is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Something we talked about yesterday made the columnist Chuck Landon's uh, piece today. It's Tuesday, right? So this is a second guest Tuesday, right? 7 p.m. time for homecoming. I really want to get your thoughts on this. We got into this a little bit yesterday, and some of you were telling me, hey, it's cool. We like it. I had someone tell me yesterday that the fans that don't like a 7 p.m. kickoff, bunch of prunes. It's a great kickoff time. I don't know if I'm calling anyone a prune. But 7 o'clock kickoff time, it's on the NFL Network. It's primetime exposure for the Thundering Herd. Do you like that time? Do you not like that time? I want to know. What's what's the aversion? Why don't you like 7 p.m. as a kickoff time? And it's not the first ever 7 p.m. kickoff time. Does it matter that it's the homecoming game? Does an earlier time mean that you gotta have it's homecoming, you have the earlier time? Is that what that means? I need to know. So we'll get your thoughts on that. It, again, it is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Is it because people who come in for homecoming have to stay in Huntington later than usual? I always thought you wanted to try to find a way to get as many people in Huntington as possible to see the game. And so you have a little bit more time to get to Huntington if you're traveling that day. Would a 4 p.m. kick be better than a 7? I mean, do you do you look at TV and say, you yeah, know what? No, we're we're not into that television. No, we, we don't want people to see us on a nationally televised audience. We don't want that. We we don't want to be seen across the country. Put us up on ESPN Plus. We're good with that. Stream it. We'll play when we feel like it. You watch us if you want. You're going to play in the afternoon. Or do you take these television opportunities? You take the television opportunity, of course. You have to. So I don't know what we're missing. What are we missing out with a 7 o'clock kick? The floor is yours. Absolutely. Unless you all just agree with me, and that's the case, cool. We'll hear from Coach Huff a little early today if you all just agree with me on on the 7 p.m. kick. But are you someone who's maybe not going to be able to go to the game because it's a 7 p.m. kick? Is that part of this? 7 p.m. kick, okay, can't make it. If it was a little earlier, I could leave early. I mean, after all, we don't want to be the students that are at James Madison leaving at halftime, right? We don't want to be those people. We don't want to be the students leaving. Like, we're done. Halftime, well, the game's not over. Oh, we're done. Because you can leave early anyway, right? A lot of people leave early. A lot of people leave at halftime and act like that's um, that's cool. I've had these debates before, arguments with people that, hey, the Herd, herd fans got to see Marshall throttle a team in the first half, and they were satisfied, and they left. And that was great. Not me. I, I know we're getting slightly off topic, but I usually, unless there's a good reason, I'm there from start to finish for a game. 
Absolutely. Start to finish. As a fan, as, as someone who's paid a ticket, someone who has bought a ticket to an event, I'm there till the, the very end. Because it's easy for me to say, well, yeah, you, of course you're, you're there, Paul. You're there for you know what you do. And, of course, you've got to stay. But everything I, I, I've bought, a ticket or, you know, I've taken a road trip to, to say, Cincinnati, see a game, made made the time to go, invested the energy to go. I, I stay. Texter says to me that I understand that someone can't make the game for whatever reason, but to cry baby around about a 7 p.m. kickoff, um, they need to – I'm a paraphrase here. Um, they need to suck it up, Buttercup. Need to man up, right? Understand? I get it. I mean, there are some people who can't come, and that's totally fine. That's understandable. Some people can't come to early games. Some people can't come to late games. I mean, you're gonna have. You can't win if you say, "Hey, we're gonna have this game at, at noon." Well, I can't come at noon. I can't do the game at noon. Okay, we're gonna have the game at three thirty. Well, I'm still working, or I got. I got other things that are going on. I could get there at seven. Okay, we're going to do it at seven. Well, I can't come because I yeah I got to be up early tomorrow and I can't stay. There's always going to be a reason. Texter says Marshall won, so her fans need something else to complain about. The horror Marshall playing under the lights at the Joan on national TV at night. I mean, after all, we are we're get, getting close to Halloween here. We're getting close to trick or treat. So yes. How horrible it must be to play under the lights at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. I can remember, I don't think I remember a time in the in the 90s when Marshall played a daytime game, unless it was on the road. It was always 7 o'clock. Herd playing at 7 o'clock. Like, what are you doing Saturday at 7? And eh, what, going, going to see the Herd game. That's when they play, 7 o'clock. Coach Huff, we got his comments. We've got more of yours as well, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Coach Huff, his comments when we continue getting set for Coastal Carolina, and we'll have it here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's Tuesday, October 25th means another Charles Huff Presser Day. You can rate the presser later on at 304-396-TALK. That's our text line, 304-396-8255. Coach Huff is now open for grading as we grade the presser every single day. First cut I've got for you uh, is Coach Huff. Talking about Coastal Carolina. Hey, before let me set this up before we go into this. I did cut a few things out today. and I'll just talk about them briefly. Um, the herd's doing some stuff again for for breast cancer awareness and for cancer research, and you know, they're pulling together um, funds. They're not going to come out and wear the pink ribbons. And uh, Coach Huff has talked about this before. He doesn't think that that the uniform is is a costume, so they don't do things like that. And, and I mean, the uniform's a uniform, so you don't. he doesn't have that sort of visible, you know, 
hey, let's bring awareness to something. They, they like to do things that are a little bit more tangible. So he talked about that early, and then when we got into the Coastal Carolina game, he talked about in his uh, early remarks about what Coastal Carolina does on offense. And they've got a, a heck of a quarterback in Grayson McCall. He's getting a lot of attention. He's a, he's a, a veteran National attention. Some say he might be a Heisman candidate or at least be someone for consideration. I do have a Heisman vote. I am keeping an eye on him, looking at him as I am some of the others that are in college football. So uh, Grayson McCall, in my mind, is a Heisman hopeful. Coach talks about what Coastal Carolina does on offense. Um, I think they do a wonderful job of of scheming. Um, It's triple option, but it's shotgun, but it's really, really good quarterback. It's really, really good players. Um, it's different, you know, from a, a, a schematical standpoint of what you guys see every week. Um, so from a defensive standpoint, we're going to have to be a lot more locked in, disciplined um, to, to our responsibilities and where our eyes are. You would love to say, well, you guys play Navy, and it's totally different than Navy. Um, so there's really no carryover to even though you say triple option. Yeah, that's a good point because just because someone runs the triple option doesn't mean it's the same style, that there's an identical one-for-one correlation. One thing I know is that the offense is going to be good because of Grayson McCall. And Coach talks about him and how he leads the offense. Um, They've got one of the best quarterbacks in the country, in my opinion, Um, You know, playing for him, and he kind of makes that thing go. Um, To me, when you have these type of offenses where there's a lot of uh, variance or a lot of options, um, if your signal caller really knows what's going on, he can really make it even more difficult for defense to be right. Um, he's seen a lot of different fronts. He's seen a lot of different coverages. He can kind of anticipate some things um, before the ball even snaps. Um, they're coming off a of bye week, so I anticipate them to be, you know, well-refined as far as what they're doing, um, little intricacies based on who we are, those type of things. Coach also talked about and his early remarks about this week, they got to play disciplined football. And I think that is something you have to do every week. But he stressed that today, that the team needs to continue to play disciplined football. Um, I think we've got to do a really good job of playing disciplined football. We got to stay composed. We got to stay focused. Uh, we got to stay individually collective. What does that mean? The offense can't feel like, well, because they went down and scored, we have to hurry up and score. Um, excuse me, the defense can't feel like, well, because our offense didn't score, we've got to get a shutout or we've got to get a you know, pick six. We, we've got to play individually uh, collective, meaning defense, you've got to go out and do your job, play after play after play. Offense, you've got to come out and do your job, play after play after play. Special teams, you've got to do the same thing. And then at the end, if we do that effectively enough, we'll be where we want to be. So a lot of times you get caught in these situations where, and you've seen it even with, um, with Coastal, they've been in some games where they've been up a couple scores and teams have kind of worked their way back. Um, they've been in games where they've been down a couple scores and they've worked their way back. So, again, I think it's a really big opportunity for us. Uh, really excited about uh, where we are at a preparation standpoint today. we got a lot of work to do uh, to get ready for Saturday. A lot of work to do. And part of that preparation is – You've got two quarterbacks. So you have an opportunity to give your defense some different looks. And one of the questions that was asked of Coach was about that triple option, about 
having the two quarterbacks to prepare because Columbia, when he's available, gives you a different look than Fancher. And so you're not just going up against the same style of quarterback in practice every week. You can switch it off if you need to. Or if if the ones are with Columbia on offense and you're putting the ones against the ones, you can simulate a little bit of what the other quarterback might be able to do. It, it, it's sort of – it makes sense in the way he talked about it as far as having – that kind of variety at quarterback again we're all experts here just just ask coach Huff. he'll he'll back me up on this that we're all experts here but he talked about just that triple option and you know it's not going to be something that's necessarily alien to this team and he talked about how they've got the two quarterbacks that they're using right now to prepare um i i think it's i think it's different um you know it's it's more the type of offense they run with a really good player, if that kind of makes sense. It's more, you know, triple option. You know, they've got a pitch phase, they got a throw phase, and then they do some things because they have a quarterback who can throw that are kind of base offense. So the moment you're thinking, you know, where's the dive, where's the pitch, where's the quarterback, um, they're running back and they're running good old curl flat or good old sail routes or good old RPOs. So I think they've done a really good job of expanding the triple option system. It's not the triple option that the military academies run. Um, it's a little bit more expanded. It's a little bit more gun. Um, it's a little bit more, you know, some RPO stuff off of it, which makes it a lot more complex. Um, so what we do is a little bit different. We just do the same offense with two different guys. So we pick certain plays that the guys do really, really well or certain things they see really, really well versus, you know, hey, we're, if Cam's in there, we're trying to run triple option. And if Henry's in there, we're trying to be, you know, pro style. I think it's just a little bit different. Coach Huff talking about what the two quarterbacks give him. And uh, finally in this segment, the guy that we're all going to be talking about on Saturday, Grayson McCall, quarterback for Coastal Carolina. He's getting a lot of attention. He's getting a lot of praise. The word Heisman hopeful, or the phrase Heisman hopeful comes up when you talk about him. Is he a Heisman hopeful? We're going to find out Saturday what he looks like in person and how he compares to Marshall's defense. We'll, we'll know a little bit more about him. But I wanted to know from Coach, what makes Grayson McCall so special? And I kind of felt energized after hearing Coach Huff because I felt like some of the things that Grayson McCall's doing, I do on a daily basis. Uh, he wakes up every day and he probably goes to class and – um, God's blessed him with a really, really good uh, skill set. Um, no, I, I think one of the things, um, he's really confident. Um, I think he's confident because he knows the system. I think he's confident because he's an experienced player. I think his confidence comes from his experiences. They've had a lot of success in that program. Um, he's been around a lot of really, really good players. Um, the, two, the total understanding of what they're trying to do to me, really helps him. You know, I would assume, I don't know, I would assume him and Coach have a really good relationship and they can kind of see the plays develop together. You know, he can kind of already come to the sideline and say, hey, this is what they're doing defensively, let's go to this. Um, so I think, again, the experience level um, in this world that we live in, you know, with the, the portal, um, to get a quarterback that's been in the same system this long is, is rare. Um, and I think when you do have it, you have something special, and that's what you've seen 
um, with, with him and with this team over the last few years. It's been really special to see same quarterback, same system, players around him, you know, culture, winning, um, you know, um, executing at a high rate of success, you know, those type of things, it's a little bit rare. You know, you might see quarterback A go to school B and have some success, but is it the same system? Would he have had the same success if it was year two or three with the same terminology? So that that's some of it. Coach Huff on Grayson McCall. I remember those days where you, you draft the um, – well, I'm sorry, you, you not draft, but you would recruit a quarterback – and that quarterback would stay with you through the entire four, five years, entire run of eligibility. And you get someone like Chad Pennington. You get someone like Byron Lefwich. Are you going to see more of the one-and-dones? Are you going to see hired guns at the quarterback position? Or are you going to see maybe some quarterbacks that develop under a system? I think the quarterbacks that develop under a system – think you're going to have a lot of advantages to that if you can if you can keep a kid you can keep a kid and keep him in your system and nurture that kid and develop that kid and, and have something here uh, you know as a, a sophomore junior senior something really special here so we're going to find out Grayson McCall Heisman hopeful coming into Huntington is homecoming for the Thundering Herd on Saturday we'll hear from Coach Huff tomorrow a little bit later on, we'll talk a little bit about Henry Columbia. We'll keep it with the quarterbacks. Talk about Cam Fancher, some of the extra time that he is uh, getting, to maybe build, grow, development. We'll talk a little bit more about the defense. Owen Porter, Defensive Player of the Week in the Sun Belt yesterday. Defense looking pretty good. Can that translate into success on Saturday? We'll do all of that when we continue and your text at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. All of that, I promise, is coming up. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 in AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We continue on with this Tuesday, October 25th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Texter wrote in and said, that I think we can sum up the Marshall win over James Madison this way. We had less Marshall beaters than they had James Madison beaters. Go hurt. You think they call them James Madison beaters? Uh, James Madison. I mean, Marshall beaters sounds better, even though they're not good. It, it sounds better as a cliche than James Madison beaters. Could you imagine Coach Signetti coming up there and, and saying, yeah, we have 15 James Madison beaters. It, it just doesn't have the same ring to it when Coach Huff comes out and says, yeah, we have 15 Marshall beaters. It just sounds like a better cliche coming out of Coach Huff's mouth. I don't want to have any Marshall beaters, but that's another story altogether. Let's talk about quarterbacks. Let's hear from Coach Huff. Had his presser earlier this afternoon, and we got to be careful. Can't ask. We can't. We got to be careful. Quarterback controversy. Not using those words. Those are words we're not using today. Instead, the question is: Will Henry Columbia be available? 
Let's find out about his availability. Yeah. Um, one, the athletic training and medical staff will meet after me. You can answer them that question um, on if Henry's available. They just tell me before the game or before practice, this is the list of guys that can go and we roll. Uh, we anticipate him, you know, I, my non-medical um, expertise anticipates him to be ready to go. Um, he was available yesterday, let's say that. By the way, that meeting never happened. The one that he said was going to happen afterward, they, they, they didn't show up. That didn't happen. So we'll find out. He was available to go yesterday. We'll find out if he's available to go on Saturday. But with that said, Cam Fancher was your starting quarterback against James Madison, and he was asked about, Coach Huff was asked about, you know, him having that extra time to develop, to build, to go out there. Instead of being the guy called in, dialed up for a certain play, you're the starter. This was his first start. Not his first game, but his first start as the quarterback. And Coach talked about him and how he, they're using that extra time to, to work with him to build and how he's using that time as well. From Cam's perspective, it's kind of like being the starting pitcher versus being the reliever. You know, when you're the reliever, you're, you sit in the bullpen a little bit and phone rings, you get up, you get loose. You know, you're going to come in for a couple pitches. You know, they want you to throw a couple guys or they may want you to go a couple innings. But, you know, you're going to walk back to the bench, hang out, and really going to put it on someone else. I think, you know, he got the call to be the starter, um, you know, literally and figuratively, you know, on Saturday. Um, and I think he handled it well. Obviously, he's, there's some things that, um, you know, we, he's going to look at and say, hey, I would like to did this a little bit better. But I think the one thing you didn't see him do, you didn't see him panic. You know, you didn't see him, um, you know, kind of make some bad plays worse. Um, you saw him make some good plays not as good um, with a couple of the inter interceptions that he had. Um, I think, again, he, he as the game went on, he kind of got into his zone and did what he does well. Um, I don't think he tried to be Henry. I don't think he tried to be anybody else. Um, I think it's invaluable for him to be able to kind of take that role. Um, you know, it's one thing to run out there you know, with the first group um, it's another thing to kind of go and say, hey, somebody says, hey, it's your series. Um, so I think it'll be helpful. Uh, I think we can build off of it. And as we continue to plan um, and, and, uh, and address what issues defenses have and how we can attack them, that will determine, you know, who's able to play more or who's able to do more or less. So I think it's really good. Um, I think it, it will be helpful to him moving forward. I think it'd be helpful to us um, because there are some things that you just can't, predict in practice you know you get in the game and you know you can say hey they run this blitz this coverage but some things you can't predict um I think even managing the game you know I thought one of the things that we did better in the second half is our tempo was better getting up to the line getting the ball snapped you know I mean cadence all of those things um I think just kind of walking the ball down the field from a quarterback perspective understanding first down second down third down when do I throw it away I think sometimes getting hit as a quarterback is, is, is helpful, you know, not to try and hurt someone, but just the, the speed of the game. You know, you can't really replicate that in practice. Um, so I think it was really good. I thought he did some really good things. Obviously, you know, we looked at the game yesterday in our, in our kind of preview or review before we previewed. Um, there's some things that he liked to have back, and there's some things that he's like, man, what was I thinking, you know? Um, and then there's some things that we said that was really, really good. So felt good about it. We took the long way around, but we, we got a good breakdown on Cam. Hopefully he gets a little bit more of an opportunity. I, I know Columbia gives you some things. Cam gives you some things. 
If you're going with Columbia, let's go with Columbia all the way. If you're going with Cam, let's go with Cam all the way. Again, I'm just a guy on a radio show talking about Marshall football with you. Defense, let's talk about, I think, what we all can agree on. The defense looked good. The defense had a fantastic performance. The defense helped win that game, kept the offense in the game because the defense was spectacular. Question to Coach Huff, how much does the strong defensive performance help for Saturday? Yeah, I'm not sure if it helps or not. Hopefully um, I can get my guys to to understand that – Human nature is the biggest enemy to success. You have success, human nature tells you you're better than you are. You have success, human nature tells you you don't have to do what you did to have that success because you got it. Um, So we talked to our guys yesterday about fighting that feeling. Um, I don't know if it was or wasn't, but hopefully we've learned over the past that, you know, when we kind of look back at what we did and not what we need to do, um, you know, we struggle. Um, So hopefully um, that was one of the things that I challenged the leaders to really think about. Don't think about what we just did. Think about what we need to do. Um, and hopefully we can move forward and think about, okay, yeah, we did play really, really well, but how can we play better? Um, I use Owen as an example, you know, defensive player of the, of the week for the conference. You know, yeah, I did have three and a half sacks. How can I get five? You know, or how could I have been better on the ones that I didn't get? Um, or what areas of, the, of my game do I need to improve? Um, you know, good players want to be told what they need to do to improve. Um, bad players just want to be told what they want to do, what they did well. Um, so hopefully we can use that to say, yes, we did do really, really well, but how can we be even better? How can we eliminate the switch-go verticals where we, we didn't have the guy overlap and we didn't have the guy in the middle of the field and they get a touchdown? Um, how can we improve on that? Um, so hopefully uh, we've learned from our, our past, and hopefully human nature will – not be the enemy to the success we just had. Human nature, the enemy of success. That's an interesting thought process there. So keep that in mind as you're grading coach. Again, always open to grade the presser, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That was, that was very, that was very help book-like. That was self-help book stuff right there. That was pretty good. Coach was asked about Owen Porter's performance. Uh, sort of ranking time now. You know, guy has a great performance. Questions to ask. Coach, great performance. Where would you rank that performance? You really think he's going to come out and go, you know, that w- mediocre performance. Great for him. I've seen better. No. But he did talk about the performance and the defense a little bit more. Yeah. Um, one, I think, you know, obviously, I've said it before, I love Owen Porter. Um, he kind of embodies what I believe is a Marshall football player and what this community and this, this university is all about. Um, secondly, I think whenever you have um, individual success, you know, it, it usually stems from team effort. Um, and we talked about it all week. Um, I think one of the things we've done a really good job of this year is we've done a great job of rush lane discipline. You know, last year we got in some situations where everybody was rushing to get a sack, and we weren't always as disciplined being in the lanes. This year we've done a better job of pushing the pocket from the inside and collapsing the pocket from the outside. And when you do that, the ball or the sack will go to the guy it's supposed to. 
when you try to go get a sack, that's when you usually get out of your lane. I think Owen will be the first to tell you his success Saturday came from unity and the unit playing really well, um, giving him the opportunity to win his one-on-one. Um, but you look at it, I mean, Emmanuel Bush, you know, got two sacks from the middle. Um, Gibby and Legs and Barber were constantly caving the pocket in. Well, now it makes it easier for those guys to do their job. And what's going to happen if we continue to do that, then the guys on the edge will make him step up, and then the guys on the inside will get it. So I think even if you ask Owen, that was a team, that was a D-line unit-like effort, you know what I mean, or, or performance. And I think he would just happen to benefit from it. Now, when that happens, the back end, usually on their guys, you know what I mean, because it's really hard to get a sack when the ball comes out on rhythm. Um, so I think, again, Owen had a phenomenal performance. I'm not, you know, diminishing that, but I think when you really look at how great of an effort he had, he had to have some help around him. And I think as long as we continue to have that unit help, it may be Kobe next week, it may be Legs, it may be Eli Neal, um, but everybody will be able to have success when we do it together. Rising tide lifts all boats, so if you just happen to be a little boat in the right spot, when everybody does their job, you're going to get an opportunity to make a play, and that's what Owen really took advantage of um, Saturday. Coach Huff, talking to the media today, you've got pretty much all of it now. How do you do? Straight up, ace again, undefeated at the press conference. Did you hear something you liked? Did you hear something you didn't like? You can grade the presser now, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. We'll update you on some basketball news today. Tavion Kinsey. Doing his thing, making more lists. We'll talk about that when we continue. And some honors coming Marshall Women's Soccer's way. All of that when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Here we go. It's our final segment. Today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I like it when the good news comes in. Got two things today. Marshall graduate senior midfielder Kat Gonzalez named Sunbelt Women's Soccer Offensive Player of the Week. She had three goals. So it was a tough week. And Marshall needed some points in the standings. And she had three goals to help with that effort. Gonzalez and the Herd beat Texas State. They're trying to get into the Sun Belt Tournament, which I think would be huge for this program to move a little bit closer. Are we going to see the same high-level success that the men are enjoying right now? Not yet. I don't think so. I think the women are on a different path, a different journey. Because really, they didn't get started truly. I mean, COVID hit everybody, and I'm not I'm not trying to make excuses for anyone, but you know, the men's soccer program it is on a different timetable than the women, and I think the women are building. So congratulations, and you know, Kat Gonzalez, yeah, she deserves that honor. So she gets the Sun Belt Women's Soccer Offensive Player of the Week nod, and then. Tavion Kinsey, named to the 2023 Jerry West Award watch list. 
course, you all know who Jerry West is. If you don't, take a look at the logo. He's one of the all-time greats. I mean, after all, you got to be pretty good if the league logo is based on your likeness. And I know there was some talk a few years ago, hey, change the logo to Kobe. I get it. Kobe passing away was an emotional moment for a lot of people in basketball. I think you can find a different way to honor Kobe. I'm sure you could eventually make a case to change the logo. But Jerry West is, was, and shall ever be a big deal in basketball. So he's a Hall of Famer, and now Tavion Kinsey has been named to his watch list. You get to participate in the fan voting. There's three rounds. It starts October 28th. The watch list of 20 players will be narrowed to 10, and then it will go down to five. And then the five finals will be presented to – it's going to be a committee. Can you maybe influence this vote a little bit? Possibly. Maybe. We'll get some more information. When that voting begins, we'll remind you. So, you know, I know herd fans like to go click on the internets a lot. So, hopefully, we can get Tavion Kinsey. Uh, some fan vote here. Step up, herd fans. Vote for Tavion Kinsey. Show out for Tavion. Basketball getting underway. Uh, exhibition on Friday. And then it gets underway here in a couple of weeks. But basketball exhibition, at least you get to uh, see what the herd looks like on Friday. By the way, I believe that's at 7 o'clock as well on Friday night. It's it's 7 o'clock on Friday. Football's at 7 o'clock on Saturday. Basketball on Friday night, I believe, is at 7 o'clock as well. So just everybody get your, your times. Are we okay with 7 o'clock on basketball? Should we move that up a little bit? 7 o'clock basketball tip-off okay with everybody? I mean, I know it's not cool for football, but for basketball, is that okay? Can we do that? Is that is that all right with everybody? Seven o'clock. Okay, just want to make sure. I, yeah, I'm trying to do a, a quick head check here. Seven o'clock, everybody for basketball. Let's do that. So, hey, should be a fun season. Hopefully, Tavion's going to have a, a fantastic year. You know, I would like to see Tavion leave on top as a conference champion and get this team into the NCAA tournament. And I'm not saying the Sun Belt's weak, but I think Marshall's got a good shot in this league. Marshall seems to be better. The league, I think, might be ripe for their picking. I think Marshall might have a leg- – and they forget what the coaches have said in the voting. They don't know what the herd looks like. So I'm taking I'm taking a, a chance here. I'm, I'm saying Marshall might – this might be where Marshall gets a championship. If it's not soccer, I think men's basketball might be able to, to pull one out. We will, of course, talk about that more as we get into basketball season. Thundering herd soccer ranking. I just got a text. Uh, It looks like the uh, top 25 is out. Uh, Hey, thanks to the texter for shooting me the uh, the reminder and update on that. Uh, Marshall 6th. Is this right? Marshall 6 in the uh, soccer rankings? I think that's right. 
Kentucky's two. It's a pretty good conference, Marshall's in the Sun Belt. Kentucky two, Marshall six. I'm looking at the list, see if there's anyone else uh, in uh, the Sun Belt that's uh, in this thing. Okay. Uh, it looks like um, two of the top six coming out of the Sun Belt. Okay, so I appreciate the texter sending that to me on um, on the text line. And, again, we'll get more of your text in tomorrow. I appreciate every single one of you. Okay, uh, yeah, here it is. Um, 13 minutes ago, um, just released. Kentucky 2, Marshall 6. Area teams, I guess Louisville counts as area team. Number 9, Ohio State's 13th. Xavier's 19th, Pittsburgh's 23. Just for um, just for reference, Charlotte. Remember Charlotte, 22nd. That's the soccer men's top 25. And that does it for this edition. We'll be back tomorrow, and we'll do it all over again right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9:30. Have a great night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.